This is Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. And it's become a lot more common for young LGBTQ people to see themselves represented in media. Just look at what's streaming right now. Shows like Gentleman Jack, Heartstopper, and RuPaul's Drag Race. These are programs where people can see themselves and their potential future represented and celebrated. But just because you see a part of yourself represented on the big screen doesn't mean you feel welcome within your own community. From KOW's radioactive youth media, reporter Antonio Navarez shows the st- shares the story of a teen who grew up in a community where being LGBTQ wasn't widely accepted and how a role model encouraged them to be proud of who they are. It's prom season and my friends are looking for outfit inspiration. We're all looking at the dress that trans actress Hunter Schaefer wore to the Met Gala. It's silver, shiny, and futuristic looking. My friend Mickey is planning on recreating the dress. I don't know if it'll come out good though, because it's it's like silver and like it's got like rhinestones. It like it's, it's like it real like, stones for her, but for me, it'd be rhinestones. It so I don't like, know if it'd look it good like at all. It looks like a cheese grater. Oh, oh it does. It kind of has a cheese grater. Mickey is openly gay and non-binary. So for them, seeing LGBT people like Schaefer in the media is inspiring. They feel seen as a gay person. To me, gay representation is, it's like painting the picture of what a gay person is. And without that, you can't really understand like what a gay person is. Mickey says that visually, LGBT representation may look like pride flags waving in the air, non-binary pronouns proudly displayed on masks, and gay characters on TV. Representation in music is especially impactful to them. I, I think like the biggest place I actually go to for representation is music because I, I love music more than anything. So seeing people like Lona Sex in music is really great, especially because he makes great music. But being from Greenville, South Carolina, it was rare for Mickey to actually see their representation. Sometimes when conversations about the LGBT community actually did come up, it was to say something rude or offensive. At times, Mickey even felt unsafe. I was scared of being like judged, especially in public. There's a lot of hate groups down there, so I could have definitely been like beaten up for being gay. That doesn't mean there aren't gay communities in South Carolina, though. Mickey even says they are able to be part of a small LGBT community in their school. However, it was still difficult for Mickey to actually feel accepted as a gay person outside of their friend group. But this changed a couple years ago when Mickey and their family moved to Seattle. Here, Mickey sees pride flags almost everywhere they go. As Mickey put it, Gay representation in Seattle is everywhere. Even their school, which teaches 6 through 12, has a largely open LGBT community. No, that was really surprising for me, seeing a young kid in like middle school being gay or being trans is so, it's so new to me and it's so surprising to me and it's really, it's really cool to see that. It's like, it's really nice to like hear that kids out here are being accepted for who they are. But in some schools, that open LGBT expression is going to change. With new laws like Florida's Parental Rights and Education Bill, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, LGBT discussions in schools will be limited. Young people that are gay or questioning may not be able to talk to their teachers or classmates about their own identities. Gay students may not be supported when they should be. Years ago, Mickey had many questions before coming out. They had no one within their school to talk about these questions with. But luckily, Mickey was able to find an adult that they could depend on. They haven't talked in a while, so Mickey decided to give him a call. Hello. Hey, Jed. Hey, what's up? Jed Derryberry is an educator and author, but to Mickey, he's Uncle Jed, a family friend. Like Mickey, Jed grew up in South Carolina and is openly gay. But the two of them grew up in different times. 
For Mickey, there was some support for gay people. For Jed, gay acceptance was almost non-existent. As a young man, there was nothing and no one to tell him that it was okay to be gay. Um, so I didn't even really know who or what I was fully until I got much older. In fact, he used to believe he wasn't even meant to be gay. He was told to pray it away. Jed even went to conversion therapy, a practice known to try to cure homosexuality. It is now banned in several states, including Washington. Jed describes his time in conversion therapy as some of the worst years of his life. No amount of praying, no amount of service, no amount of therapy fixed it. If anything, it just solidified it, that this is who I was. This is the way that I was made. There's a verse of scripture that says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I had to accept that I was fearfully and wonderfully made this way. In his 30s, Jed began to feel like it was actually okay to be gay, to be himself. Jed found gay people represented through shows like Will and Grace and believes their gay characters actually help the people that they're portraying. But had I seen that in my formative years, you know, between like 10 to 15, and, and, and see that you could be a thriving gay person with a career and be successful and have friends and your parents would love you and life would be quote unquote normal, um, I think it would have had a huge difference on how I came out. Media representation isn't the only thing that helps people feel validated, though. Role models and mentors can also offer emotional support. Jed gives credit to a friend of his that he thinks of as his role model for helping him come out. He asked me one day, so are you just going to live a lie for the rest of your life? He said, I can't imagine how exhausting that's going to be. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that he's right, you know. I, I can't keep living this lie that I was. And that was in October of 2012, and I came out in December of that same year. In sophomore year, Mickey decided it was time to come out to their parents, something they were holding off for a while. Needing guidance, Mickey pulled out their phone and messaged Jed on Instagram. I said, hey, Jed, I need advice. I said, okay, if I can help, what's up? I said, I'm bisexual, and I don't know how to come out to my parents. Knowing how loving Mickey's parents are, Jed told Mickey this. He said, if there's ever parents to come out to, you have them. Even though this was a quick exchange online, it was enough to make Mickey feel better about coming out. And they did so the following day. For Mickey, just having an adult in their life to turn to for support was more than enough. This is what young gay people may lose if more bills like Florida's Don't Say Gay become law. Kids who might be questioning themselves might feel weird about being gay. Um, it might feel different or alienated. So it's important to have that in schools to help them understand that it's normal and it's okay. By having mentors in their community, Mickey and Jed can ask questions to learn more about themselves and other gay people. By limiting how gay people can talk about who they are, we're only taking steps back on the progress that we have made with gay acceptance. In conversations like this, is an example of what we could lose. Um, so I wanted to really talk about how you impacted my life as a gay adult uh, in like my middle school life m mostly. Um, mm -hmm. I, I never really said that I appreciated you being there for me when I needed you. Um, mm -hmm. You're like the only gay person I knew of that was an adult in South Carolina. Um, it was nice yeah. to have you there, and I really appreciate you being there for me when I needed you. Well, I, it it means the world for me to hear you say that. Yeah. And um, I appreciate you saying that so much because, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have that. I, right. I still, um, I think back into my 
you know, until I was in my thirties, did I really know another adult gay man who was out and proud? And, you know, it, it was a, a, a big step for, for me to come out even in my mid thirties. Um, right. But I realized when I did how immediately it impacted others like you. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm so glad I did because if it helped you, then that, that was all worth it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still remember that. I still remember that day when you sent me the message on Instagram. I mean, <laughs> I was just like, I was so proud of you because I knew the courage that that took. Yeah. Um, but then I was also really proud of me because you trusted me to share that. So I was with me. So I was very proud of mm-hmm. that moment. It, it just is a, a big thing to have a role model. So I'm, I'm just honored that I'm one of yours. <laughs> yeah. Before the conversation ended, Jed had this to say to Mickey. Um, you know, I think sometimes we have this misconception of what advocacy is. We think that it's making a sign and standing on the corner and yelling at people. I think that's what we think advocacy is, but advocacy is anytime you speak up for your authentic self. And that's what you're doing right now. And I'm, I'm so thrilled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, Jed. Yeah, it was good to talk to you, too. I love you. I love you, too. Bye. For Radioactive, I'm Antonio Navarez. Thanks to Antonio for that story, and special thanks to Mickey Randolph, Jed Derryberry, Kelsey Kupfer, and Joshua McNichols for their work on Antonio's story. And it was the story you just listened to was made possible by KUOW's Radioactive Youth Media Program, where young people discover public radio journalism. If you want to listen to more stories reported and produced by Radioactive, check out their website at KUOW.org forward slash Radioactive. Or you can search Radioactive wherever you stream your podcasts.